Welcome to the College Scoops podcast. I'm your host, Moira McCullough, and today we are talking with Laura, the founder of the Almost Empty Nest blog, and her son, Zane, about how you can help your son or daughter if they get sick at college and the necessary steps you and your students should take before arriving on campus. You know, the number one thing for your child to do, whether you have the paperwork or not, is to make sure that every piece of paper they fill out that they put you as their HIPAA release and they put you as their emergency contact. This is the College Scoops Podcast, and I'm your host, Moira McCullough. We focus on everything college related, from the admissions process to where to eat, stay, and explore on and around campuses. Our guests include founders, educators, authors, and experts in the college space. Join us as these experts share their knowledge, experiences, and lessons learned to help you have stress-free, informative, and tasty college journeys. Whether it's your first or last child going to college, or you're just interested in going to a college town for a game or meal, we've got you covered. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the College Scoops podcast to get the inside scoops on everything college-related, and leave us a review. Thanks to all of our sponsors, partners, and the entire College Scoops Ambassador team for helping us bring valuable content to our community. If you would like to support College Scoops as a sponsor, please head over to Patreon at patreon.com slash college scoops and sign up as a sustaining listener, insider, or deluxe sponsor. We have exclusive benefits for our members, free eBooks, and even a College Scoops care package. Welcome, Lauren Zane. Thank you so much for joining us today on the College Scoops podcast. Hi, glad to be here. Hello. So Laura is joining us from her home in Oklahoma, and Zane is joining us from his home in Hoboken, New Jersey. So I appreciate you both taking the time out of your day to come and talk with us and help us as we help parents and students for what to do if you have some type of medical issue at school. And we invited you here today because you experienced that. So can you just first off, tell us a little bit about yourselves? Well, I'm Laura Dennis. I write at almostemptiness.net. I help moms as they are making the transition from their kids at home all the way to the empty nest. It's just a topic that I enjoy. I've been through it with all three of my children. They are all away at college now. Well, I followed your blog. That's how we, we found each other through a mutual friend on Facebook. Mm -hmm. It was, and you have a lot of great resources on your parenting site. So at any stage of the process, and you have three, uh -huh. kids, you said you had Zane as the oldest and you had of a middle who's a rising sophomore or he's a rising senior at university of Texas in Austin. And your youngest is a rising sophomore at Baylor, correct? Yes. Hi, uh, I'm Zane. Glad to be here. I am, uh, in a weird transition period between grad school and normal adult life right now, <laughs> I just am done being a full-time grad student and I have my job offer. Uh, I can't start yet because everything is super behind and administratively backed up because of COVID and I don't even understand what's going on. But yeah, in theory, I should be working like an adult soon. I have a job offer at LinkedIn. So live in Hoboken, New Jersey, just across the river from Manhattan. Yeah, I'm real active at a local running club and uh play a lot of local sports and uh, even some creative stuff like some writing myself sometimes. That's also part of the weirdness. I haven't fully graduated yet. I have one last part-time class this fall, but I'm, 
I finished full-time schooling this spring. Now I just have one last class for the degree in this fall. Well, congratulations for both, for the schooling part of it. It's, it's been a challenging couple of months, and, but you're, you got through it and you have a job. So kudos to you. And you're back in New, <laughs> and you're in New Jersey and making it work. I have two kids in college and I have a rising senior. And I remember when my first, one, first son went off to school, I didn't even think about what would happen if there was a medical emergency. And you have a personal story to share and we'd love to hear it and enlighten us on how we can be better prepared going forward. The story starts with you. So why don't you start telling it? Okay, I'll start off. So uh, it was the end of my junior year of college, really end of the year, the last week of classes before finals. I'd had kind of a stomachache all weekend. I just thought it I just, you know, eating something bad because, you know, I was a male college student living off campus for the first time. Um, and, you know, I had a stomach cake about once a month back then, um, just <laughs> because of diet. So I didn't think a thing of it. Um, then I woke up at about uh, two, three in the morning on Sunday morning, um, just in a lot of pain, much more than normal. I could tell, okay, this is not, not the same uh, cafeteria food issue. Um, and, you know, called my dad because he's a, uh, uh, doctor himself so you know, he knew pretty quickly right away just from me kind of describing all my symptoms you know he was pretty sure it was either kidney stones or appendicitis and you know either way I needed to hop over to the local ER you know get a CT scan and have them officially diagnose it even though I was a pain there was a little kind of standalone ER just right across the highway from the school so that was just a quick little five minute drive for me um, which I drove myself wasn't a whole lot of fun but I made it um, and you know, once I was there, they you know took me back to the ER, and it was you know filled out a bunch of paperwork that I didn't know what it meant. And then uh, here's this medicine I don't know what it calls, but it's going to make you kind of loopy for a while. And then after that, I was kind of drugged up for the next few hours, so I let mom take over. I have to just say something because I can totally feel the pain in the sense that I had an appendectomy when I was young, and that pain comes out of nowhere and. At least your dad took the call. My parents said, go back to sleep. You'll be fine. <laughs> I guess the first lesson I'm learning is when, you're, when your son or daughter calls up and they are typically always healthy and they say, I have a real stomach ache, maybe like say, go back to bed. You'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, you never know. <laughs> Our end of the story, here's what was going on with us. Our middle son had had prom and we had about... 30 kids in our house we had made this huge waffle breakfast and the house was full of kids and you know like he said it's two three o'clock in the morning and i had gone on to bed because i was supposed to be hosting a bridal shower the next day and i had told the kids stay as long as you want you know have fun whatever i'm going to bed well then brent my husband comes in and he says well i just talked to zane and i've sent him to the er <laughs> And I'm like, oh, I don't know. And anyway, then I guess we kind of, you know, woke up and Brent waited by the phone and got a call from Zane and who was by this time with the doctor. And, uh, you know, as far as your people are always afraid about, you know, permission. Well, Zane was sitting there. It was Zane's phone and Zane handed the phone to the doctor and said, talk to my dad. That is, that's giving permission. <laughs> and so the doctor said, well, this is what we found on the CT. He needs an appendectomy. We're going to send him to the hospital. We've had him call a friend to drive him to the hospital because now he's going to be on medicines. 
we live six and a half hours from Waco. So my husband at 3.30, whatever, hopped in the car, headed to Waco. I had to stay behind because we had a house full of kids and I had an obligation the next day. And fortunately, my parents just happened to be in Dallas visiting some friends. And I called them maybe about six and asked them to head to Waco to go be with him until uh, my husband could get there. But yeah, it was there by the time right. you woke up in recovery, I believe. So a couple things. I just haven't going to go back to Zane. Everything happens at the worst moments, right? It's like right before finals, <laughs> the junior year, stressful timing oh, yeah. also. And then from your, your perspective, Laura, you're not busy and you don't have 30 people in your home. It's yeah. <laughs> Zane, it wasn't very, you know, thoughtful of you to do this. <laughs> <laughs> and couldn't you have held on a little bit longer? Zane, from your perspective, I guess you really have to know yourself too. You wake up, sometimes you don't feel right. But I think the first thing I always tell my kids is, you know your body better than anyone. So if something's not right, and an appendectomy with me, I had to get in there and thank goodness I got in there when I did because it could become a more critical situation. So you knew enough to say, I needed to go somewhere. Your dad was as a physician. He directed you to the right place, right? So because the first thought would be, where do I go? It was, yeah, about 3 a.m. And so I think pretty much anyone would be able to at least figure out, go to the ER at that point. Um, Cause you know, urgent care is not open. Student health is not open. It's the only thing that is going to be open. And you know, it's an emergency. So it's what you'd think to do. Um, I think what made the difference with dad was that uh, he was able to <laughs> basically diagnose me and know what was going on. And he knew to, you know, start driving South at three thirty in the morning, right after we hung up. I think that was part of what was really incredible for his part. Yeah, I think that's the type of thing when you hear that voice, when you get that call as a parent, and especially given his training, he kind of thought, right, I know right away what it is. Let's just get you to the right place. And he hightailed it down to help you in that end. Your dad arrived and he was there for you during that surgery part of it. He did recover. And I went down. The funny part of the story is on Tuesday, I drove to Waco and Brent drove back here. And we actually passed each other on the highway (laughs) and waved. As he was coming back north and I was going south so I could help, you know, Zane out a little, you know, while he was trying to get to feeling better and everything. So definitely because there's that recovery as well. When my son actually went, we knew that there was certain paperwork that you filled out. Even when they turn 18, I know I can't make their appointments for the physician anymore. They mm-hmm. won't. In terms of like the HIPAA form and a healthcare power of attorney, I didn't even realize that durable power of attorney, you should have one signed in the state that you're, you live in and the state that you campus resides in. Were there any other tips or recommendations that you would have? That- I would say the main one, and this is where we kind of got it. We did not have any of that paperwork. And my husband has said, you know, the number one thing for your child to do, whether you have the paperwork or not, is to make sure that every piece of paper they fill out, that they put you as their HIPAA release and they put you as their emergency contact. That's the word I'm looking for because a HIPAA form that you have at your house is nice, but one that the institution you're dealing with has, it's their own form. Every employee knows what to do with that form and how to handle it. And it gives you permission at that point to talk about it. Where we got in trouble was with the insurance company because you never really think about this, but you're the insured, you're paying for it. 
But once your child is 18, your insurance company cannot talk to you about it. And we didn't have any forms with them. And I would say every parent needs to talk to their insurance company and figure out what the rules are, a, a number of things. How your child seeks care out of network, because almost, you know, if you're not at home, and to get the insurance company's form and have your child sign it so that you can talk to your insurance company. Because what happened with us, an emergency out of network is covered as in network, but you're supposed to inform them within 24 hours. Well, this happened at as we've said, by the time he was in surgery, it was seven or eight o'clock on a Sunday morning. My husband did try to call them. I think he told them. I tried to call them on Monday and tell them. I believe on Monday, they told me they could not talk to me, that they needed Zane's signatures and they sent me the form. So I went down there on Tuesday, had him sign the form, and then I talked to the insurance company. Well, then months later, when you're dealing with, no kidding, $16,000 in bills from all these various places and doctors, they were denying in-network coverage because we didn't notify <laughs> within 24 hours. And they're saying, well, it has to be from the patient. And you're like, he was sedated. <laughs> and yeah, I'm like, I couldn't so, even do stuff that I knew how to do about then, much less stuff that I didn't know how to do. So just, anyway, we did get it straightened out and they did give us in-network coverage, but that's a big deal if you're talking about having to pay 15, 50% or, you know, just 10 or 20, whatever your insurance is of this care. So that is the biggie is your insurance, I would say. And I have a friend whose son collapsed during a baseball practice and actually was unconscious for a number of weeks. And she went through the same deal where she was trying to talk to insurance and they're saying, we need to talk to your son. And they're saying, and she's saying, he's intubated. He cannot talk to you. And they finally relented as well. But insurance was the biggie with us. Well, and that's something that, you know, when you're, you're a student, you're a kid, you're like, parents are telling you what to do, sign this paperwork. And you're like, okay, it's, I know me as a kid, it's never going to happen. Like, don't worry, mom, I'll be fine. Insurance to get a bill and have to deal with that adds a whole nother layer of stress onto a situation that all your energy wants to be focused on your son or daughter. Right. From the student's perspective, yeah, no matter how responsible an adult you try to be, if it's, if it's a situation you can't see coming, you don't know, you've never been in that situation before, I've never dealt with medical insurance you know, as an adult with all this 24-hour rule and stuff, that's something you just, you, know, you can't deal with it unless you know it's coming and you'd prepared to know what to do then. So definitely like, you know, mom was saying, that's something you want to plan ahead of time before the emergency happens. Because when you're sedated and barely conscious, you're not really in problem solving mode. No, no, not at all. <laughs> at all going forward from your perspective, Zane, do you now fill out all those forms? Are you like, did your siblings all of a sudden look at it and think, okay, right, mom, no problem. Here are the forms, sign off and did you do anything differently? I would say the main thing was having that form with the insurance company. And I was thinking about this last night and that form at the insurance company is only good for one year and it's coming around to August. So I need to print the thing back out, have everybody <laughs> sign one again, because I know there's a tremendous amount of confusion about HIPAA laws and things and, you know, various Facebook groups. And 
I would definitely say the number one thing you can do is talk through all this with your child before they go to college. Say, if you're not feeling well, please call me, please get my input. I know you want to be an adult, but in the eyes of the law, you are totally an adult and I can't get to you. I can't help you if you don't let me know what's going on. And, you know, tell them, you know, through your insurance, figure out how they need to seek care. Go on the, um, your college website. I was looking at the Baylor one last night and just seeing, um, we actually had an extremely good experience with the Baylor health system last year because um, our daughter ended up with mono. And so, you know, I can vouch that they gave her extremely good care and all, but just make sure you understand what their rules are as far as, you know, what information you're going to be able to get. And the other thing is to understand the, the limit of the HIPAA form and the limit of the power of attorney. Every orientation I've ever been to, and I see this all over Facebook groups, people are asking, where do I file these forms at the school? There is no place to file the forms at the school. A HIPAA form, power of attorney, doesn't get you a phone call. What a HIPAA form does is if you need information and you call, you can fax, email, whatever, and say, I need information, here's my child's release to get that information. It's always gonna be a judgment call at the school as far as when to contact an emergency contact. And I think there's just a tremendous amount of misunderstanding. You have to think of it like, you know, when I go to the doctor, I'll always put my husband's name as my emergency contact or my HIPAA release. But that doesn't mean every time I call the doctor and say, I'm making an appointment, that they're going to call my husband and say, oh, your wife made an appointment, you know, and it's the same with your kid. <laughs> you know, they are just as much an adult at the doctor's office as you are. The doctor's office is not going to call you and say, your child came in. And also, your child, they are an adult, and they can revoke that at any time. And another thing would be is to tell your child, even if you need to go to the doctor for something that you think you're going to get in trouble for, that's not going to be important at that moment. Please let us know. You've got to let us help you. Right. All this is so valuable because it's everything that you have on your list to do, the checklist before you head off to school. And then it kind of gets put aside sometimes in terms of the administrative aspect. So one, it's having the conversation with your your son or daughter beforehand and trying to identify mm -hmm. the paperwork. And to your point, it's healthcare forms, going to your doctors, going to the lawyers. Well, and then also checking the college website, which you just mentioned, you know, mm -hmm. what else is required from there. Talking with insurance. I also said to my kids, I asked my son, can I have your best friend's two or three of your friend's numbers? Yes. And if I don't hear from you or if there's something going on, share my contact details with your friends and I will also... Okay. I was going to add that as well, because that may be the phone call you get is from the roommate or somebody saying, oh, your son, daughter is really sick because the school may not, they may or may not call you. It's always going to be their judgment call as to whether or not this constitutes an emergency or not. Right. And so, yes, if, if it's okay, I do have my daughter's roommate. I don't think I've ever done that with my sons and I probably <laughs> need to get some contact information of other people. You know, I, that, that, that emergency contact list. So Zane, when I asked my boys, 
for their best friend's numbers. They can call you if they have any problems, right? It's interesting because I had a, my son's friend has um, an allergic reaction to nuts and it, he was at school and oh, yeah. they were out at a restaurant and it was his roommate's um, parents who took 20 of them out and they had asked, is there any nuts in the, in the you know, dishes that they were served? No, no, no. And all of a sudden he had a reaction and his friends knew enough to know that this is not like him. I also always tell my kids, and this is more like in high school when I was, you know, I always said pick an adult or somebody on the campus, whether it's your RA, whether it's your advisor. The two times I've been to Baylor orientation, you may know who it is. Is it the pastor? I don't know who it is, but there is a man and he gives you a phone number and you, they put it on the big screen and they say, put this number in your phone. You pro prayerfully will never need this number, but if you do end up needing help for any reason, the middle of the night or whatever, you can call this number and we will get help for your child. I mean, fortunately, you know, I think guys and girls are different. I think my daughter probably would have taken a herd of girls with her over to the ER. Most guys will, they don't want attention. <laughs> they will drive themselves. I know that the, the people at the, the freestanding ER made you call someone to take you to the, to the hospital. And he yeah, stayed. I was already drove up at that point. Yeah. Cause they're like, we're putting you on drugs. You're, you're not legal to drive. So <laughs> probably with your sons, encourage them that it's okay to ask for help if they need help. And I agree with you more. I could, because I, yeah. my daughter has this whole system lined up all the uh, friends that she has and they all have these buddy deals, which it's great. But I always said, you know, we sit and we prepare our daughters for when they go to school from a safety perspective, but we don't do that for our sons. And I think, yeah, I, I realized, yeah, you're right. I should probably say the same thing to my son. You have a buddy system. If you're in trouble, who you're going to call. I'll say that, you know, just the modern kind of group text system that, you know, all friend groups use now is really great for this. Cause you know, if you're just hanging out on a Wednesday night, you say, Hey, I'm going to Georgie's and I want to join. You know, same kind of deal. Yeah, I'm, hey, I need medical attention. Someone can drive me to the hospital at six in the morning. Someone will be <laughs> up. They can help you. Um, you know, I didn't text. Got to text this guy right there, that one guy. Uh, I just, you know, sent a message to the group if someone's able to join. You know, part of the culture of our generation is people are extremely generous and willing to help everybody out, especially in emergencies. I, I love that because that's exactly right. And the, the other thing that you said, you also had a situation where your dad was a medical professional. I think it might have been very different if you didn't have that. And maybe that friend text group would have been the one like, oh my gosh, somebody take me there because I have no clue what's going on. Right. Oh, I agree. Yeah. I agree. So I always like to ask this dessert question or a food question. I'm our college <laughs> all about the food on and around campus. Zane, any favorites that you had at Baylor that you would recommend? And I'm going to throw in NYU. Baylor. Got got to be Torgy's, the yeah local Central Texas uh, taco chain. I guess it's expanded up to North Texas and Oklahoma now. But really, really good queso. Around NYU, I mean it's in Manhattan, so uh, uh, you basically just you know if you're hungry one day, just pick a direction and walk till something smells good. Lot, lots of really good uh, Asian Indian food in particular. Um, I took a couple of classes at the med school last year. There's an Indian restaurant real close to the subway station. Really good. I dropped so much money and calories there that I can never get back, but it was worth it. Um, and then Cafe Cappuccino is awesome in Waco. Oh, yeah. Um, also, if, if you're tip for Cafe Cap, if any Waco people are there, uh, there's a second Cafe Cappuccino location 
a little kind of further out towards Woodway. And it's actually faster from Baylor campus to drive out to the Woodway location than it is to wait in line at the downtown location. <laughs> so, uh, so thank you both so much for joining us today and sharing your insight and story to help parents and students prep for, you know, hopefully going back to campus with all the right information. So when you get that, if you get that call, you know what to do. Thank you. I had a great time. Many thanks to Laura and Zane for joining me today. I really enjoyed our conversation and all the helpful information they shared with us today. I know I have to get my forms together for my kids when they head back to school. But before that, it is important to have a conversation with your son or daughter about the what ifs. What if you get sick? Who should you call? And where should you go? You can find all of our show notes and links to the helpful resources mentioned throughout our conversation on our website at collegescoops.com slash podcast. You can learn more about Laura on her website at almostemptynest.net, at Instagram at Laura underscore almost empty nest. Please take a couple of minutes to rate, review, and subscribe to College Scoops. Thank you for listening to our College Scoops podcast. Our entire College Scoops team strives to make the college journey a little bit easier, less stressful, fun, and tasty by sharing all the inside scoops we have curated along the way. We would love to hear from you about topics to cover and your ideas on everything college related. Reach out to us at collegescoops.com or follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook.